listeners, and welcome to Do You Queer What? I Queer. That's Elliot. And that's Tom. And we are Dickwick. Thanks for tuning in. We have an amazing quarantine, quarantine, loopy, doopy, kinky, winky episode <laughs> oh, for you boy. this week. <laughs> Uh, the amazing Dolly Blonde, who is uh, an incredible musician and songwriter and performer, among many other things, this week. Uh, I'm super excited about this interview. I hope you all are, too. Me, too. I seriously can't wait. Um, this has been one in the making for a long time. And if you like it, then please remember to rate, review, and subscribe and tell your friends. You can send us an email at doyouqueer at gmail.com. Head over to our Patreon. Look us up on all of the social media platforms. and just like. Say hi, faggots. That's all Just we say want. Say hi, faggots. All Just we really want. Faggots, hello. You know. <laughs> um, and on that note, let's just jump right into this amazing segment. Dickwick. Hello, listeners. Thanks for joining into this uh, another quarantine quarantine segment. Uh, this week we have a very special guest with us, musician extraordinaire, Dolly Blonde. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it in these strange and uncertain times. No problem. Any time I had plans, but nothing canceled. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Thank you so much. Oh my God, no problem. Any time to put in a Dame Maggie Smith quote, I do it. <laughs> Dame. Dame Maggie Smith, what an icon. You best uh, put respect on the dame. Okay, so how are you doing? Tell us tell us a bit about you, like familiarize the listeners. What the hell's going on? Yeah, everything's going on. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, Dolly Blonde. I'm a queer pop slash jazz slash whatever pays the bills musician. Uh, I am currently uh, writing pop music with a little queer flair, so stuff that you can shake your dang thing to. Uh, I'm also a jazz musician at McGill University. I'm going into my fourth year. Uh, I've been in jazz education for all, oh God, almost <laughs> eight years now. So because Quebec has this whole like stage up thing, like once you leave high school, you're forever indebted into, you know, secondary, post-secondary education. So that's that. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that. I make music and I try to get through the days. <laughs> Great. Don't we all... Um, before we move any further forward, just because I think it's the most important um, little bit that we're going to get out of you today, Bali, Bali, Bollywood, Bali Blonde, Bali Blonde, Tom is having a stroke. Oh my God, there episode. are so many variations and abbreviations. You have no idea. You just added one to the list. It's fine. <laughs> I want to give the listeners a sneak peek of some of your new music can you awesome. set up the the little clip that you sent us, if you don't mind, right away? Yeah, for sure. So um, I've been writing uh, a couple of witchy-inspired things recently, and I've been sort of inspired by the idea of, like, going out clubbing and dancing and then, like, having something else in your mind and that something else is a nasty, nasty ex, and then you see them everywhere, and then they take the form of the devil, and then you're like, yeah, yeah, just keep on dancing. So, you know... Just, just, just girly things. I love, I love that. that. I love it. <laughs> I feel like that resonates. That resonates very well. So. Okay, so what's the title of this single that we're gonna play? For sure. Yeah. So this uh, song is called Seder, not to be confused with the Jewish holiday, but the mythical creature. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Amazing. Okay. Everyone, please enjoy. Tony Sater, how's the view up there? To touch your body is a curse, I swear. Never need a man for a night when I'm moving out of sight. Never need a man for a night. Never need a man for a night when I'm moving out of sight. Great. Okay, now we'll do some silly little gimmick faggoty things. Oh, my favorite faggoty things. (laughs) We should start, I think we should start off with like, with like the grounding faggot gimmick. So it's like, what's, what's everyone's color today? Yeah. You know, Tom, Tom, do you have a color? Oh, sure. My color's like a, like a translucent mango. Uh, What? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I feel like full of bubbly energy and like, um, but I feel a little empty at the same time. Do you know what I mean? So like, Mm. I am quite full and yellow and like fruity and acidic, uh-huh. but you can also see through me a little bit. Like I'm putting it on a little and also I'm feeling a little empty inside. Like it's, it's, it's put on in a way. You're Does giving that make me sense? like special edition game of advance where it's like, you can see through to the chips underneath. Oh That's right. <laughs> yes. Uh, perfect. Thank Everyone can see your chips, Tom. Yeah. Okay, wait, wait. I just have one follow-up question. Where are sure. you buying your mango from? Where does your produce originate from, Tom? That doesn't sound right. Where does my produce come from? Why are your mangoes see-through is my question. No, no, no. I'm, I'm a see-through mango. <laughs> yeah, but like... But like I, I don't have any. There's no in the real like referent for you. Okay, my see-through mango comes from CM Reap. I have no idea what that is. That's perfect. It's, it's, a, it's a city in Cambodia. You learn something new every single day, don't you? <laughs> okay, amazing. Dolly, do you have a color? Yeah, oh my God, I had one set up and I was so... And it's funny that you mentioned this because like, I've been listening to the podcast and I've been like preparing this and I was talking to uh, my boyfriend. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to say that my color is like the purple that the Daphne gummy came in and the Scooby-Doo Betty Crocker <gasps> gummies when you were a kid. Oh, such a good purple. And then the goopery and the gaggery, when I Google that Daphne is red in the gummy pack. So this <laughs> oh. is just a fabrication... <laughs> The matrix is glitching, so I'm just going to uh, meet everybody in the middle, and I'm going to say puce. Can I? <laughs> I need. I honestly need to Google that. I need to get the. Funnel. Honestly, so did I, because I'm like, oh, this is a funny word, and then I googled it. I'm like, oh, it's sort of like a dusty, muted, like purplish, pinkish <gasps> kind of thing. So oh, it's originally what I thought the Daphne gummy looked like. But yeah. do you know what? I'm I'm very happy to hear this because so often. I worry that guests and Elliot aren't sort of like expressing what their color is in the moment. And so Mm. I feel like you being thrown off in this whole gummy tangent was exactly what you needed. Oh, for sure. To really figure out what it is inside. For sure. Like color is music, color is gummies, color is like that weird sparkly lacquer texture that like diner seats have where it's like it is glittery, but you can't get to it. You like want to like scratch your way through it kind of? Yes, that's exactly. a little bit how my mango is too. Elliot, what is your color? I'm so sorry to do this. I have like, I have a follow-up question though. Why oh, would Daphne not be purple? Like that's actually, right? I can't get past that. 
I think I don't because know. subverting expectations <laughs> is important sometimes in 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 gummy health. Radical queer activism as Scooby Doo is radical queer activism, but then it is also furthermore like queer theory that the purple I was looking for was actually available in the Hello Kitty version. Uh, it definitely I could definitely see it it was just the yeah. wrong image well we can yeah. end this recording right now I've, <laughs> I've heard all I need to <laughs> oh my gosh okay so um Tom I love how you not so subtly threw me under the bus with my with my color updates you think that I'm not genuine no 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 I, I didn't imply that I just wanted to make sure that you were being genuine <laughs> please continue <laughs> by implying that I'm not I definitely will um my color today is like it's like a bluey white that's so dense that it's like you almost can't see through it. It's like the densest of ices. It's like okay, you know like I mean? opaque. Like you, yeah, it's like opaque, bluey, icy, whitey, blue ice. You know? Okay, tell us why. Well, I just I. Well, first of all, I was caught in a, in a literal hail blizzard today, and I feel like I have a chill in my bones that I absolutely can't get out, and okay. it's just really mirroring how I've been feeling lately. Because like you know, I'm hunkering down and I just want to, I just want to enjoy my free time and be creative, but I have a lot to do. So I'm like, I'm, I'm getting a little hardened and a little icy. If that okay. makes sense. I, I'm getting a little hardened to listening to those. I just, <laughs> I need some creative energy to like, to melt my ice. So I'm really hoping that this can be that. Wow. You know, icy by Kim Petras on iTunes. Okay. Oh. Thank you so much. <laughs> Support trans artists every day. That is oh. a cross promotion. <laughs> obsessed. <laughs> obsessed, obsessed. Okay, yay. Okay, Dolly Blonde, we're so happy to have you here on this happy fucking podcast in these strange and uncertain times. Yes. You're, you're hailing from Montreal at the moment. Is that correct? Yes, I am indeed a city I was born and raised in and a province that is rife with turmoil currently. I mean, when it yes. has it not been, but yes. uh, yeah, it's what I call home. Nice. Cute. So in a way, we're we're lucky that we can only do all of our recordings online now because we wouldn't have been able to get you otherwise. No, for sure. I've been like low, 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 low key. Been like, how can I get my ass to Toronto to do this? Because I've desperately wanted to for a minute now. And uh, situations <laughs> just present themselves in like this like awesome and weird and kind of depressing way. But yeah. <laughs> manifesting a pandemic to get on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The witch pop actually just manifested itself in like the ability to like make sure everybody stays inside. So I can do this podcast. I only speak in I statements in quarantine. Me and me alone. Um, okay, so witch pop. I'm like, I'm so curious about that. And even like jazz training and pop music. Like, can you tell us a bit more about that? What that journey's like? Yeah, for sure. Um, music was never really like on track for me uh, in high school. I wanted to get into like an arts program and then that didn't work. And they're like, well, you have this trumpet. I'm like, ha, oh wait, I'm good at this. So uh, I was uh, in a jazz big band in high school. And then I just sort of started singing randomly uh, for a school project on like medieval uh, ballads. It, this story will make sense, I promise. Uh, <laughs> I love, I then- love going for a ride. <laughs> We're going for a ride. But by the end of high school, um, I was really interested in jazz and sort of being a foundation for the rest of like what I wanted to do musically. And I think what I saw Gaga doing with like being amazing in, in terms of like vocals that like are slang, in terms of like being able to compose like a pretty well constructed pop song and having that sort of like foundational knowledge was like 
key in me following through with it. I mean, like I taught myself piano because I was like, born this way on piano, I want to do that. So I like busted out my sister's keyboard and like taught myself to do how to do that. Wow, you taught yourself. Yeah, I taught myself because my parents never really gave me music lessons. And I was like, okay, fuck you. I'm going to do it on myself. And then I kind of did it. And that Mm -hmm. that was kind of fun. And then eight years later, I'm here. Um, But Witch Pop, um, that kind of stems from where I'm taking jazz. Because I sort of divide my music up into like my pop side and my jazz side in terms of like revolting against what... I'm taught, if that kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. Totally. In higher education, I, I think it's no surprise that it's just like highly, highly populated by like straight white guys and no exception in the jazz department at McGill. Um, great people, but it's sort of like, this is an American music made by people of color and there's like no people of color around me and there are no queer people and I'm just going to um, queer it the fuck up instead. So that's what I'm doing. So that's which pop. Yeah, sorry for that long tangent. No, that's perfect. No, not a long tangent. (laughs) I feel like too, like like witchy horror vibes and queerness go very well together. And like Tom and I have tried to figure out why and I don't know. Like, do you have anything to say to that? Yeah, I always kind of thought of like witchy vibes from music because like when you're listening to a song, is that not a form of magic like is that not a three minute and 30 minute a uh, three minute and 30 second like hex that you're under Ooh. and like then you think about like all these like powerful divas and like women that like queer people gravitate towards in terms of like being these self-empowered witches in my mind so if i'm listening to etta james i'm like mm-hmm, okay put on the cauldron we're gonna sit down we're gonna have a little like you know, to chat with the devil. And then once that's all over, we'll put away the jazz music and we'll put on our uh, good boy clothes and go outside. Yeah. Oh my God, I love that. <laughs> that <was> amazing. <laughs> I feel like really good gin and tonic. I have, <laughs> I have no idea what I'm saying. It's the hex that you're no, we but love if you it. know, like, I said good boy clothes on a podcast. Okay. <laughs> oh, fucking gulp down that gin. Don't worry, baby. I oh, love yeah. your sweatshirt, by the way. It seems so apropos. Thank you. Yeah, I ordered it from this artist online, Zach Greer, I think his name is. It says queer theory on the front, and then it says queer is punk on the sleeve, and then queer is joy on the back, and it has like this awesome little. Oh, Elliot, I feel like I would love that. Yeah, can you send us the handle after and we'll plug it in the episode notes? Oh my God, for sure. He does like super amazing work. Okay, Dolly, I know you're all obsessed with these cross promotions, but I'd like (laughs) to focus on. Focus on your music in this time and where can we find you and what can we expect? Yeah, for sure. Um, We can expect definitely each single that's going to be coming out. So the Seder song and then after that, there's going to be different songs that I have sort of lined up. Um, Songs that are... like steeped with like anger, but sort of like queer witchy anger. I'm tired of singing songs that are just sort of like, oh, I will hide behind this mirror or I will like forgive this person. Like writing songs that have the sort of like passiveness and then singing songs and jazz that also have this sort of like weird aura around them that are sort of like, a jazz song's all about this. Heartbreak, being poor, that's it. Like that's jazz. So yeah, I think there's a sort of like freeing thing in 
angry pop queer music that's going to be coming out of my uh, wheelhouse soon. That's very exciting. You're speaking to two relatively angry people on like an almost steady stream. <laughs> so that really, really speaks to us. You should hear us when we're angry at each other. <laughs> I've been trying. It's really funny you say that. I, um, I've been doing some mushrooms here and there in this quarantine and just like taking the nights and me and my partner just like unpack things about us because Tom and I were talking today about how we feel like this is giving everyone an opportunity to like face parts about ourselves that we maybe don't like or that we maybe haven't been facing yeah and I realized that like like I use anger politically and like I use anger as as catharsis and like I I lean on that and I like that but I also have this like tendency I think for unkindness and so like going forward I really want to try and separate the line between like any sort of productive anger than when it slips into being unkind to another person because I feel like there's a difference in there, if that makes sense. That's fascinating, yeah. Elliot. Mushrooms, mushrooms caught you there? Yeah, I love wow. mushrooms so much. Oh okay, I... all right, let's uh... reel it back in here. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I know what you mean, that there's a sort of like rage that you want to sort of like express and get out there, but like in the safest way possible. Yeah. Like you just want to sort of like queer hulk it out, but in like the safest and most constructive manner. Did you say queer hulk it out? Yeah. Oh my God, that's fucking amazing. <laughs> Tom, that's I like mean, you. I, it is like, I was just going to say, I didn't want to sound narcissistic, but it does sound like me. Um, I, I also share similar sentiments. Earlier this week, we watched the new episode of We Are Here. I don't know oh, if you were watching. Oh my God. Oh God. I cannot phenomenal. watch that without openly weeping. Same, same. And for this episode in particular, like sort of graded on me a lot because of religious implications, because of mother-son implications. I've had friends that go back in the closet and get married to women. And um, I was really, really mad the whole time. And my partner couldn't really figure out why I was missing. Like, my partner couldn't figure out why I couldn't muster up compassion, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. And for me, it was it was an anger at, at the specific individual who couldn't come to terms with being gay. It was, my anger was at the system, was at you know, was at the universe, not at this particular person. I was fucking fuming. Yeah. But I guess the difference is what you're saying, Elliot, which I I want to agree also is that it can't come at a cost of com- compassion for an individual. Exactly. And those queens on that show are so good at doing oh, that and like walking that line. It's phenomenal. Yeah. I actually, the episode that you're talking about, I actually watched last night and it, there was like this wall of, exactly like what you're describing of sort of like what the fuck is happening like mm-hmm. i hope to god that there were sort of like licensed mental hair uh, mental care practitioners on site yeah, that's a really like good point getting into some heavy yeah. shit and this whole sort of like wave of sort of like self-help and self-care shows that we're seeing like in the post like queer eye mm-hmm. storm of it all i feel like this is going one step further of being like no this queer person's not sad because they can't get an outfit like this queer person is sad because of like deep lying undiagnosed things that like need to be like Mm -hmm. addressed immediately oh my god so Mm -hmm. true it's like queer eyes kind of like for straight people and this is like much more queer and oh my god for sure it's the it's like the will and grace effect where it's like it's a psa for straight people for gay people totally that's so true um, okay, I wanna I wanna ring it on back because I have so many Oops, questions yep, for you, sorry. Dolly specifically. No, I'm <laughs> I'm okay. obsessed with this. I'm obsessed with this conversation. And Tom and I are very clunky at transitions, so I'm just gonna plow right ahead. <laughs> no um, problem. Plow okay. us both. So Seder, first of all, the song is the clip that we've heard is fucking amazing, and I'm so Thank excited you. for the full thing. Um, Thank you. And I'm wondering, like, 
like Seder, what is that? What is that imagery? What does the mythology mean to you? Like, was there a special reason behind it? Um, yeah, the funny enough, the original version of that song uh, sort of manifested itself in a song called Cruel Lover, whereas I was really angry about an ex and the way that a relationship quickly became abusive, like both physically and mentally, and that I was sort of grappling with how to put it down into a song and sort of like claim it again as sort of like this dancey fun thing. And I don't think I fully understood how to grapple with it in the fact that like, even in the original title of the song, Cruel Lover, there's still like sort of like an element of like, uh, I don't want to say forgiveness, but just sort of like not fully understanding your emotions. Mm-hmm. And I think that like, given this like social isolation and quarantine, one way to sort of get through the days is that I was constantly going back to songs that I had written and going over them and rewriting them and coming up with different ways to express certain things. And what I ended up at is um, an expression of sort of like this idea of this ex, not necessarily the ex himself, but just sort of like manifests itself in this really sort of vindictive, uh, like toxic goo kind of way. And there is no other way to describe that sort of like fear of going out in a post breakup and being like, oh my God, am I going to fucking run into him at this club? I don't want to do that. I don't want to have this like mental health moment. I just want to like mm-hmm. <laughs> dance my ass off to Ariana Grande. Don't we all? And the sort of idea of seeing out of the corner of your eye, the sort of like weird half human, half satyr, devil, Beelzebub kind of thing, just sort of like floating and just like crossing his arms, just being like, I see you girl. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm just going to mm-hmm. keep on going. Um, yeah. And that's where that comes from. Oh, that's amazing. I love that. It's a fucking bop. Like, yeah, thank you. I, I was like, I gasped when I listened to it. I love it so much. I can't wait to hear everything. Yeah, it's it's been a it's been a journey. This I can actually tell you that this has been the most sort of like labor intensive work I've done so far. <laughs> Making music is not a cheap endeavor, but uh, very do very. That, do you find oh, that the sorry. quarantine is helpful to like focus you, or the opposite? Um, it's definitely allowed me to focus on one thing. Uh, still being in school for music, it's very difficult to sort of separate my academic music from like my joyful music and like music that makes me money and like music that I can be like very, very queer with. So once like school and jobs were sort of like simmered down because of COVID, I was able to sort of like more focus in on like, okay, can I have a clear (laughs) business plan? Can I have a clear plan of like how I'm going to write this stuff? Mm -hmm. And as the brain would have it, uh, the answer is a resounding no. (laughs) It it comes in waves day to day, but sometimes I get a really good idea and other days it's just poo. Yeah, the waviness is huge. I feel that a lot as well. Totally. My coworker and I were talking yesterday about calling it, um, what was it? spits of productivity mm. mm-hmm. like, for a vast majority of the time we're unmotivated and then we'll just get a like i'm like oh i'm productive for an hour and then i'll get a ton of shit done but yeah, yeah. i know same here that's that's definitely definitely how i was feeling like near the end of online schooling uh there's a class that i actually just finished up it's advanced jazz composition two and we needed to come up with a composition that was episodic. So 
throughout the piece, it needs to sort of feel like you're changing songs, but it still like retains itself in one song. So like the best way to describe it, I guess, is um, have you guys listened to the song Lush Life? It's yeah. a jazz song. Lady Gaga sings it on Cheek to Cheek. Mm-hmm. Uh, how that song sort of transitions lyrically and thematically and musically from like one part to the next. It feels like an episode. So I was sort of going through how I'm going to approach that. And I sort of tied in the sort of like witchy uh, magic kind of vibe into the jazz. And um, the tune ended up being called Curse the Fucker. And I sent it oh to my, my professor and that was the end of my semester. <laughs> I'm obsessed. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, that's so good. Um, I, I have a question about Dolly Blonde, like like as yeah. a as a persona, as a character. Um, what is it like? Do you perform as Dolly and then go home as Charlie, or do you stay Dolly? Like like how do you conceptualize that identity for you? The identity has sort of almost become synonymous with me. I didn't initially set out to have it as sort of like an alter ego or a persona. It just sort of like manifested itself in that I didn't feel like having my actual name be my artist's name. It didn't sort of like identify itself with like the music I was putting out. Right. Um, I mean, the name like freaking came about because I was recording a Dolly Parton song called Dumb Blonde. And I was like, okay, well, what the fuck do I put this under? So I just put it under Dolly Blonde. And that sort of like stuck throughout. And then I've <laughs> I've been working at camps and my camp name was Dolly. And then like people in my life just sort of kept on calling me it. So there are people who I've like met online and now are like pretty close friends in real life who don't really <laughs> know my real name. So Dolly is just that. So it's, it's, it's a weird sort of like poly blend of fabric. It's sometimes cotton, sometimes silk, and sometimes it's acrylic. <laughs> <laughs> That was the word. It wasn't the gin of me gagging. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. I love it. A little old sight gag for our listeners. Okay, yeah. can I can I sort of like poke my faggoty way into this conversation, yeah, please? Oh my god, for sure. I have uh, a bit of a question to ask you. It's our season four question for all of our fucking queer guests. Yes. And this one is: What does your uh, ideal queer future look like? Uh, my ideal queer future um, is one where snowbanks are cleared so I don't need to hop over them in my heels <laughs> to get to the gig. Uh, snowbanks are so straight. Snow Snowbanks are so homophobic. Like my it's eight true. inches just like slip all the way down and then no. Same um, girl. My ideal queer future is one where I perform at a hall, like not necessarily a bar, but like a very real music hall in whatever faggoty getup I want to do, if it's heels, if it's a corset, if it's in a full latex bodysuit, and then get off stage and not be told that all of this is distracting from my talent. Is that something you hear a lot? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, really? There have been performances where I got off stage and I have like, like a sensible pair of heels, not even like full like kink master supreme heels. And I'll have... <laughs> I want to see those. <laughs> <laughs> they broke in New York. I'm so sad. No. Um, <laughs> walking downstairs. Don't get ideas. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've been definitely told, like, that was beautiful. You had a very unique sensibility to whatever song you performed, but the heels were distracting. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, 
tangent, but like that concert was super, super meaningful because I had just written a jazz suite with different uh, parts of the suite about different sort of like queer issues. Like I had a song about Operation Soap in Toronto. I had a song about uh, HIV. I had a song, it was just sort of like a very sort of a queer centric jazz thing, which I had never seen. So I said, fuck it, I'm just gonna write it myself. And then to leave the stage and say, I have someone say like, that was very touching, but this is distracting. So my idea of a queer future is like being able to sort of like tell a story that's not often told in a space and not have it be critiqued more so than any other sort of counterpart in mm-hmm. the lineup. Wow, I really appreciate amazing. that. Yeah. I really appreciate that. That sort of, I had this discussion the other day too with a friend that was, you know, straight culture uh, are very accepting of, of queer people, possibly, as long mm-hmm. as we fit into a specific, you know, watered down version yeah. of like punk queer that they want. So I, I really appreciate that answer, especially mm-hmm. because well, from what it sounds like, that was part of your performance and it actually enhanced <laughs> what you were fucking doing. Totally. Yeah, I, I totally, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. And I, even more so, I think what hurts some more is that people who are like, yeah, no, queer is fine, but like uh, your experiences are no different from mine. Like there's this sort of like removal of validity and experience of saying like, so what? Like sexuality doesn't matter. I don't see color. I don't see this role like mm-hmm. under the same experience. Mm-hmm. All lives matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, God, Jesus. Don't get me started. And like, I mean, the, the great irony is that like you're singing about like queer history and queer activism and like people are saying that it's distracting that you're expressing oh, yourself. Oh my God, you would, exactly. Up. You would think that in a space that values jazz music, like a music uh, that's born from uh, like a historically significant American struggle and specifically black American struggle to have to like explain to a student class, no, you can't sing the song Strange Fruit, which is about lynchings and you are a white singer. Like I, music is for everybody, but like, like the experiences are not like, mm-hmm. yeah. Cool. Common no, sense totally. really. Okay. So the second half of this question is now what gives you hope for this kind of future? Uh, what gives me hope for this kind of future is just like not even pride, but just like a random day and just like walking about and seeing like the most faggoty four-year-old and just like <laughs> living their damn truth and just like walking down the street with those like light up Lisa Frank sneakers and like <laughs> crying because they didn't get that Barbie mermaid and then just living it out in the open and not necessarily knowing that they're doing it. Yes, I adore that. So do I. That's really interesting. And as we get more and more answers of this question, there seems to be a theme developing, just like last season, Elliot, if you'll indulge me, that please. a lot of the hope is the people that are coming after us. Absolutely. Yeah. Which, I don't know, resonates me. Me too. There's this Resonates is like Resonates me. <laughs> you're just, you're just vibrating. vibrating. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm gonna try and not get too like brainwormy on this because I'm I'm doing a research article right now about Oh god, queer, I'm already out. I know. Queer queer theory, queer studies in general, but um like it's kind of like I'm positioning alongside queer anthropology, which looks at kind of the day-to-day lives, the 
you know, what are these people actually doing when they wake up? Like people who call themselves queer or are queer. And then you have the other line of queer theory that says queerness is emergent. It's always political. It's like always on the horizon and we can never actually get there. And so it's like, there's this really big tension, I think, between, well, I just hear like everything that we're talking about right now, like people are saying, oh, the way you look is distracting. Like, why don't you stick to this one identity that I understand and that I know? And so there's like a constant balancing between these identities congealing into something that makes sense to people and is comfortable and can be digested. And then like the politic of queerness is that child that has an identity that we haven't seen yet before or like living, like living their own expression and like, you know, kind of the always on the horizon thing. And so with, I, I just, it's just interesting, like the more queer people we talk to, how that like that lives inside of all of us, right? Like we're, we're living in these day to day lives, but, but our politics are like, oh, I, I want to be radical and I want to kind of push the boundary, but in a society that doesn't value that, you know? Mm-hmm. if that makes sense yeah. or in a society that sort of rolls their eyes at it right like you know like some argument might be oh well the more radical you are the more like the higher the heel you wear um you know heteronormativity isn't going to identify with you as much so they're not going to understand you they're not going to accept you mm-hmm. so if there's a weird fine line in that does that make i don't yeah, know definitely absolutely sense. absolutely and it's like and of course everyone's idea of like radical and like gender is going to be different and it's and i think it's about creating space um to like let's say somebody makes you uncomfortable with their expression like hold that inside of you and ask why that is and like don't try and police that discomfort onto that person like hopefully we're gonna have expressions that we've never seen before you know like that are that are gonna that are gonna be created that don't exist yet i think for sure unless that that expression is corduroy then don't do it then don't do it <laughs> just send us just, just send us your list. Yeah, exactly. I also hate corduroy. The thought of corduroy makes me want to jump off a balcony. The the like the the noise that you might make yes. if you like yes. touch corduroy yes. makes it's like me a, like it's a that's so raven like I zoom moment of me just like walking into like kindergarten and just like utterly hating everything and everybody. <laughs> well, I aged out of that reference, but I think I understand <laughs> what you mean. <laughs> I don't, I don't really dislike corduroy that much, but I'm, I don't know if I know the sound. You're human corduroy, that's why. That is the <laughs> actual rudest thing you've ever said to me, and that's saying a oh, lot. Oh my God, that's the new question. It's like, what fabric are you today? Uh, oh, I that is a good question. I just so want to know Elliot's cool. corduroy because he's repulsive. Oh my gosh. Tom, what are you? I would say I'm... Oh God. Um, uh, uh, oh, steel wool. Oh God! Oh. <laughs> Ooh, abrasive. Uh, yet I'm gonna, uh, a helpful. Very good tool. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna clean my toilet with you later, Dolly. What fabric <laughs> would you be? I'm hard. Oh my God, fabric. Ah, uh, um, Jesus Christ. Um, the fabric that like see-through umbrellas are made out of. Oh my God, I oh. love that. Like the like the plastic, like, like leather. Pe- like PVC, like, yeah, like PVC. But like after like one use in a rainfall, it's just like looks like a PVC tarp at like a jerk off party. It's just like forever stained. You can't <laughs> forever get those raindrops stained. out. You ever notice that? Did it? Okay, I'm sure somebody <laughs> no, listening would be like, There's "Yes, like... that happened to my umbrella too." It's like you can see where the rain dried on it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. Totally, totally. Rain is come. I think you've broken Tom with that. All yeah. my jerk-off parties, though, are on something that is ingested, so I don't usually see stains. Tom, we know like about your saltine parties. Rain on me, Ariana Grande and Lady Gaga, about okay. 
Raindrop okay. comes next. Yeah. Hey, I really, I really, really, really want to get to our lightning round questions for you. But just you yes. brought up Lady Gaga so many times, and there's like so many Lady Gaga vibes in in your new song. Like, can you just talk a little bit about her inspiration for you? And oh you? my God, she is everything. Of course, like not without like some occasional like, what girl? What the fuck are you talking about? Like, she, I don't know. In the most recent promotion, she's like, we are all genetic and epigenetic, and I'm like, wow, okay. Joanne was the epigenetic era, confirmed. Um, I don't know. She's just sort of like bridged that sort of part in music for me that is like, cool, there's a certain level of like structure and uh, history and importance to this. And also there's nothing wrong with pop music. I think we're living in a really interesting time where pop music isn't sort of like looked at as like a top 40 kind of a situation. But like you have your Ali X's writing songs about like, mothers wanting their daughters to come home and yet there's like a cool beat under it. Um, I think she sort of like represents that high point and that like high art point for pop music to be important and this not this sort of throwaway cellophane rapper kind of absolutely the music industry. I love that. And um, one more question. What's your favorite song off art pop? <gasps> Because oh I need god. to know. Justice for our pop. Oh my god. Yeah, for I hope real. None of my friends are listening to this. Okay. Um, <laughs> it is. We hope your friends are listening. Yeah. <laughs> no, there were there were dinner table uh, fights. Uh, oh my god. It's it's a it's a tie. It's a rough tie between Sex Dreams and Mary Jane Holland. Amazing. I love that. I feel like with your ear, I'm gonna have to go back and like listen to those ones specifically. Tom, what about but specifically you? Specifically, the sex dream. Sorry, specifically the sex dream at the iTunes Festival before it had like background vocals. Okay, continue. <laughs> Is that what the fight was about at the table? <laughs> Longer story. <laughs> totally fair. Um, Tom, I won't put you on the spot like that. So let's. Should we jump into our light? I know round? that was so rude. You know, I don't know Lady Gaga very well. Um, I think my favorite is Swine. Like. But I don't. I of don't course, really know. it is. I know it's just because so you good. looked in a mirror and was were inspired. Or Donatella. Okay, Thomas. <laughs> Do you want to start Sorry. us off? Yes, I would love to. Dolly, Charlie, what are your pronouns? He, him, they, them, anything respectful. What's your favorite swear word? My favorite swear word is... F- uh, oh, God, frack. <laughs> RuPaul, that's also RuPaul's yeah, favorite RuPaul word. just called <laughs> in to answer that question. Um, <laughs> what's your Battle favorite... Battlestar Galactica is going to sue. Oh, my God. <laughs> what's your favorite body part? My favorite body part is um, my ears. What's your favorite oh. movie? My favorite movie is Stranger Than Fiction. Oh. Um, and what's your favorite mythical creature? My favorite mythical creature is a vampire. What's your favorite noise? My favorite noise is uh, the sound of a jar of dill pickles being opened oh my heart literally actually just fluttered i'm gonna have to i i saw that sound i'm leaking um, pre-cum <laughs> i'm leaking dill pickle juice so <laughs> and i'm leaking both what is your celebrity crush oh my god young jake gyllenhaal oh my god <laughs> so that was like right that was right there um who's your queer icon my queer icon is the uh jazz musician billy strayhorn what do you wish you knew more about? I wish I knew how to not spend all my money. Oh my God, can you tell me when you find out? Um, what would your friend say is your best quality? 
um, that I know how to talk good shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are you most grateful for? I'm most grateful for having a very high tolerance to gin. Oh. As proved not in this episode. <laughs> um, what do you dislike about straight culture? Dads. <laughs> Father figures. Happy Mother's Day, everyone. Oh, no. There goes my <laughs> people who are attracted to me. Um, what's your queer superpower? My queer superpower is somehow in any part of the conversation bringing up my star signs. Oh my god, what wait. What is your star wait, sign? Yeah. Oh god, no. Um, I'm a, an Aquarius sun, <gasps> Cancer rising, Gemini moon. Ooh. Oh god, you're kind of a combination of both of us. Yeah, literally. Yeah. I love that. Would you say you're an Aquarius through and through? I would say so in terms of the creativity. I would say so in the Cancer in terms of like the lovingness, but then the uh-huh. Gemini just like rings through and through and through. I was reading uh, Chani Nicholas's book, uh, You Were Born For This, and it sort of like alluded to the fact that if you have a Gemini moon, your rising is just like fucked and it doesn't count and you're just only your Gemini moon. <laughs> just yeah, we tend to think everything over as really a fellow Tom. Gemini. <laughs> um, I think you're one of the few Aquarians that I've also met like in my adult life as well. Yes, I think that even came up in conversation when you were in Montreal. We were both like, oh, Solidarity. But Dolly, you seem far too nice to be an Aquarian. Well, let's just throw me under the bus a couple more times. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Elliot, I think it's your okay, turn. It is my turn. Um, Dolly, what's your biggest queer fear? Oh, my biggest queer fear is that I won't understand a point of intersectionality or my own privilege. Fucking good answer. Yeah, that was Jeez. unbelievable. And what is your queer mantra? Fuck it up. Fuck it up. Fuck it up. Oh, that was so good. And um, no, you don't need another coat of nail polish. You've ruined it. Just stop trying. <laughs> it's done. Just take it off and start again. Yeah, exactly. Amazing. Okay, so um, I have sent you a photograph of our one of our lovely mascots, um, yes. the young deity themselves, Pepper. Um, and I would just love if you could give our listeners a little bit of like a rundown about the vibes that Pepper's giving you. Oh, Peps, I miss them. I know, you must miss Peps. I haven't seen them in forever. Okay, so Pepper uh, is wearing a probably uh, Simon's black t-shirt with a gold chain and lock with the vampire tarot book next to them with some tarot cards in front of them. The moon is the card that is drawn with a crystal ball. So what this is like reading for me is that this uh, grandma chic underneath persona is actually named uh, Reggie. And they're in a uh, Brooklyn gay bar and they DJ and they put on Kim Petras even though they're like super against uh, the allegations of her producer but he still plays her anyways because he decides to look the other way and he thinks that boycotting <laughs> uh, musicians is not the way to go um, he only picked up tarot because um, his ex-boyfriend uh, had readings at a local jazz bar and then he sort of like 
adopted that personality of his ex-boyfriends. He does that a lot. He claims it as his own afterwards. Um, he drew the moon <laughs> on purpose because it's not a minor arcana because nothing he does is minor. Everything he does is major. Um, and he has no idea what the moon means, but he says it's, yeah, energy, um, not the sun, cold. It's not the sun. Dark. Um, <laughs> And the crystal ball actually next to him is actually not a crystal ball, but just a salt lamp that he's sort of like shaved down into a spherical object um, that occasionally he uses to uh, salt his craft dinner because um, he forgot to get salt again because his roommate <laughs> asked him to. And she said that also you need to do the dishes. Uh, and if you don't, I'm going to put them in your bed. And um, yeah, it's just like <laughs> a story this yet, really like spoke to me. This really spoke Reggie feels seen and read and like they have new direction maybe now. Like they need to change <laughs> yeah. a few things, you know? I only read this because this image is me. Yeah, it was, it was, it, it, they were emulating you. Um, you're their favorite musician. So it was like, you know, uh, it was like, how can you listen to you? more music? <laughs> Oh my god. Um, okay, so we should transition into our double rainbow time and like <gasps> and like lift this up a little bit with some wonderful things that have happened to each of you either today or this week or something that stuck out recently. Although it's it's getting weird in quarantine. Tom, do you have one? It is getting weird in quarantine because nothing's happening. Yep. <clears throat> so I keep going back on to things that I've watched. And unfortunately, my answer last week was we are here. So what else have I watched? <laughs> Does anyone else want to go? Um, yeah, I can go uh, okay. today. Uh, so, Tom, our listeners probably hear the nice new mic that you're speaking into. Um, yes. And today I took a little social distance walk with you, Tom, and dropped it off to you. And just to, like, see your eyes, like, to see another human being and, like, to hear sound come out directly from your mouth was... Um, there's just nothing like it. It was amazing. It's the first time I've ever heard that, so I really appreciate that. Oh, don't get used to it. A second quarantine's over. I'm going to want to Zoom only. <laughs> so. <laughs> so don't get too excited. But yeah, that was, yeah, my, my distance walk with you is my, my double rainbow. Um, um, okay, I'll be really lame. Oh, sorry, Dolly, go yeah. ahead. Um, yeah, I was just going to say that my double rainbow is having my weekly or bi-weekly uh, Dungeons and Dragons uh, games with uh, my little queer friends and my boyfriend. And we, it, I've never played it before. Like I only started in quarantine. And these are a bunch of gays that I met uh, through my boyfriend last year when I went to Fire Island for the first time. And it sort of like became this fun little nerdy faggoty time where we're That's like- so cute. Let's shoot an arrow in its butt. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like roll a six to like stick it in its hole. Sissy that roll. Oh yeah. <laughs> Um, I I want to learn how to play Dungeons and Dragons so badly. That's so exciting to me. Oh, you I, would not like that. Character I creation is like the queerest thing that you can do. It's why all of us played those like pixel doll games when you can dress them up. Absolutely. There's actually a lot of like research on video gaming and like specifically like queer and trans people because you can like play, you know, play mm -hmm. a different person. Um, who are you in Dungeons and Dragons? What's your like race or whatever? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a furbolg. Karen, you could just ask what people's race are. <laughs> well, play it back. I just did. Tell us, please. Um, I'm a furbolg. I'm like eight foot tall. I'm a scavenger. I'm a hunter. I'm a cha-cha instructor. Um, I am... No, I'm not. I'm just doing Madame X. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, um, I have no idea what I am. All I know is that I roll a dice and I shoot an arrow, but it's a lot of fun. I love that. Cute. Take it, Tom, it's your turn. Okay, my double rainbow is since I was quarantined in a cabin with my new-ish boyfriend for 40 days, um, you really get to know a lot about that person, the good, the bad, the ugly. And um, there were times when I thought that this may not be long-lasting, but (laughs) coming out of it the other end, because we've since left the cabin, at least for today, and... I just, it made me love him more. Aww. So that's really lame and... No, and, that's so sweet. And Phagatron of me, but uh, yeah, I, I love knowing everything about someone. Everything bad and good and weird and scary and ugly. It just, it it draws me to him more. Yeah, you're, so, very, you're a very casual person. So yeah, that, that makes yes, sense. Yes, of course. You're not intense at all. Yes, no, no, no. It's my Gemini popping through again. Dolly, can you can you plug your handles again for our listeners and where they oh can gosh, find you and such? Of course. Um, I am most active on Instagram, so you can find me at Dolly Blonde Music, all one word. Uh, I'm on all streaming platforms. That's Dolly Blonde, D-O-L-L-Y, like the big bosom singer, and Blonde, B-O-L. B-O-L-O-N-D-E. Did I spell that right? I'm drunk. Um, like the Frank Ocean album, but with an E. And um, Facebook, uh, Twitter, if you want to see what porn things I like, go ahead. Um, and yeah, those are all the handles. Amazing. Thank you so much. And I thank you that. for taking time out of quarantine to speak with us. This is amazing. I know. We really appreciate it. This has no been great. problem. Any time to speak with fellow queers is like a godsend in quarantine. That's our new mantra. As you start throwing new shit out there, please always send it our way and we're, we'll, we'll push it. Oh yeah. my God, for sure. We'll be your hype girls forever. Yes. Okay, so thanks listeners for tuning in to another episode of Do You Queer What I Quarantine? Do You Queer What I Quarantine? <laughs> if you really like us, you can tell your friends or you can go and rate and review and subscribe to us. You can send us an email at doyouqueer at gmail.com if you maybe want to come on and be a guest. Or if you want to send us hate mail, please. Um, you can look us up on Instagram and Twitter and maybe maybe Twitter and maybe Facebook. And if you really like us, you can even donate a dollar fifty to our Patreon. Is that your like groveling tone? Like is that your like <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell my tone anymore because I'm listening to my own voice in my ear and I don't like it. You're gonna you know, get so many swatches of corduroy in a P.O. box. Oh no. That would be the absolute worst <laughs> for Tom. Just just like a them. ring with like different fabric options. No. I'm going to get you that for your birthday, Tom. Uh, um, maybe my okay. drag name can be Hordaroy. <gasps> That's perfect. Because I hate myself and therefore... Anyway, whatever. Oh my God. Okay, well, Dolly, thanks again. Um, Anytime. Thank you for without, having me. Without further a queer, we'll, we'll see you all next see Tuesday. Next Tuesday. Bye. 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 Do you queer? 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 Do you que